This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A choice right now, right now. Between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into a, an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, guys, a very special one, we have Dr. Haley Young coming by to hang out with us. Now, we talk uh, light language, we talk quantum jumping, which she has a phenomenal, phenomenal shower portal adaptation that is a very big upgrade onto what I've been talking about here, and so you guys are going to love it. Uh, we also go into concepts such as addressing you know, belief systems, duality, angels and aliens, consensus reality. It goes really, really far, guys, but it's it's absolutely amazing. You're going to love this conversation. So all of the ways, of course, to find her will be located down in the show notes. I'll make sure that you check out her TikTok. It will be located. She's got some phenomenal videos. Very, very interesting young woman. And we just have the coolest conversation ever. It's it's amazing. So uh, before we get to that, though, guys, check out the resource links located down there below as well. And also make sure that you guys check out expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where you can get links to all the socials. That is where merchandise can be found. All of the lives are replayed there. Too hot for YouTube. All the good stuff. As well as go ahead and run on over and get signed up to become an expansive insider. Uh, this is where all of the cool stuff is. We have bonus uh, videos over there, really cool collaborations, and amazing panel series that we're working on over there that you guys are just not going to want to miss. And so you don't have to. Go check the link below, become an expansive insider, and let's move on to the greater, grander versions of all of ourselves. And that's one great way to do it. So let's get to this incredible conversation, guys, with Dr. Haley Young. All right, ladies and gentlemen, everybody out there in the listening world, we have the great and powerful Dr. Haley Young hanging out with us. Haley, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Every day above ground is a tremendous day, and we just kind of keep that vibe going over here. And so thank you for asking, first of all. Uh, secondly, I am super fascinated with you, with what you do, with your work, with your approach, with everything about you. So I'm grateful to introduce you to my audience. So let's just start there. If you don't mind, for my audience that doesn't know anything about you yet, uh, just introduce yourself. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, Dr. Haley Young. I have my PhD in natural medicine, uh, but my focus was specifically uh, quantum physics as it applies to the human form. And so I was really studying energy-based medicine and taking quantum physics principles and how can we apply that to human existence. And so my thesis study actually was on um, quantum entanglement, specifically like healing through non-locality. Uh, and I really studied that phenomenon of how we can receive healing 
healing uh, non-locally. So someone could be here and sending healing to a person in another country and healing does occur. And we did actually, I, I conducted my own double blind placebo study and it was incredible to see um, number one, firstly, the placebo effect in place because even the placebo group still had results. So seeing people activating self-healing through believing healing was happening. So that was cool to see, but then to see the group who is actually receiving healing have four times more improvement in their mental health and physical pain compared to the placebo group only then proves the non-locality phenomenon of healing. And so that was what a lot of um, my studies was on, um, but I've seemed to have now branched out even further um, into consciousness, being very fascinated by consciousness, how consciousness plays into our reality, how our consciousness literally can change the physical matter around us, how we can manifest, create our reality. And so I started more on the healing space. And although that's where my practice and my work is, I guess my own personal exploration has been more in spirituality, um, exploring concepts like the multiverse dimensions and consciousness-based realities. It's so interesting. And again, you're fascinating. Uh, several things that we're going to talk about here or dive further into that you've already mentioned is um, quantum entanglement, of course, the placebo nocebo effect. I'm very interested. Also, we're going to get to your light language, which is another fascinating uh, encapsulation of what you do here. And so with these concepts, this has really been the building blocks, the things that we're talking about here on my kind of looking at consensus reality, which also uh, I know that you speak of as well. So this is where I'd like to go with this eventually. Uh, consensus reality kind of just based on that framework can be ruled out uh, in a certain aspect if you look at the things that you just talked about in the right light and in, in a really practical mindset, it, it just kind of throws consensus reality out just based on this and based on perception. And of course, you know, all the, you know, your paradigm beliefs and experiences and all that, which add up to no one has the same experience here. So with this uh, introduction from science to spirituality, that's something I'm very interested in starting here with you. So what was that leap like? How did you go from, you know, this rigid ideology in science and, and your training and upbringing to kind of ignore that stuff to actually finding that to be the natural evolution for your like process? I think with science, you do hit a wall um, if you don't go into spirituality. I remember my whole life um, always questioning things that other people didn't seem to question. Like even as like an eight year old girl being like, why are we alive? Like what is there's there's not just a chance that I'm just sitting in this car, driving to this place, living this existence, like why? And I would always ask these questions and I realized no one really else at that time was asking the same questions as me. And that's why it kind of started in the science aspect of things. I've always been, I would say, um, energetically sensitive. I didn't realize it at the time, though. Um, but I think that's what kind of like I could tell there was more than what we were just seeing and experiencing at this three dimensional level. And so when I went into the field of, I guess, healing and science, like that was my way of exploring what else is out there. And first, it was really when I was going into healing modalities, which I actually started with that just because of my own mental health issues and things I went through um, and was looking for solutions for myself, which kind of brought me down a path of going in a, a healing route. But then I was introduced to quantum physics and there was something that just clicked. There was something that just made sense when I started it 
exploring this whole idea of the quantum field where time and space doesn't exist. And eventually when I was exploring all those phenomenons of, you know, the non-locality and all of those other principles that really play into quantum mechanics, there was like a wall where it was just kind of like, okay, we're interacting with this non-physical thing but we can't necessarily prove it because it's non-physical. And so then there was all these unanswered questions and it was Dr. Amit Goswami, who's a quantum physicist, who really helped me connect the spiritual piece where he said through his own exploration of quantum physics is his hypothesis is matter is not the ground of all being, it's consciousness. And so he said, if you take consciousness and insert it into science, it fills all of the gaps. It fills even the gaps, for example, in the theory of evolution. What happens with the theory of evolution, if you look at it, it doesn't make sense because if something was, you know, during evolution, there'd be an easy, even pace of evolving over a period of time per se. But that's not what happened. There's periods where there would have been accelerated evolution, slower evolution, like how we ended up having eyes wouldn't make sense because a single cell organism would never piece itself together over thousands of years to create something that doesn't really serve as a safety mechanism. And so if you insert consciousness, though, it completes it. It's that it wasn't a chance. It wasn't just a survival by chance, instinctual things. There was something that was consciously creating. And so this goes with many scientific theories. When we insert consciousness, it completes it. And then that's what started the spiritual journey for me is I realized I wasn't going to get answers unless I tapped into my intuition. If I started tapping into that non-physical, which you can't tap into with your mind, it can only be tapped into with your energy, your intuition, whatever words you want to use. And so that's when I kind of started going down that route, meditating, um, and eventually started having some really crazy experiences that were undeniable that have kind of led me more to being on the spiritual side of things than the science, I would say. It's absolutely brilliant. So do you think, though, that um, inevitably we get to that conclusion? Like, I've, I've kind of talked about this for a while now, that science is to the point where they can kind of mentally articulate that there's a simulation going on here, that there's an underlining algorithm or a framework here. And, you know, spiritualism has been talking about this idea of unity consciousness or this underlining framework called consciousness uh, that kind of fits everything together. And it it, in my mind, seems to be that science and spirituality are kind of meeting, and they're meeting with folks like you, with people who understand the science but also understand its limitations. You know, and it's really interesting when you uh, talk about omitting information or kind of coming up against a wall and then just, well, that's as far as we can take you because we can't go further than that. Uh, like with uh, Planck's um, equations, how there was like missing things and they can insert dark energy or consciousness into them and they all make sense. So it's like these missing pieces that it seems that mainstream science uh, deliberately hides and ignores on purpose. Um, I'd like to dive into that with you in a minute, but to the vein that we're on here, whenever scientists do look at this and they come up against a wall, do you feel that moving forward with science, they're going to be more like the approach that you and Dr. Swami took, which is where you get to that point of unanswered questions. And rather than saying that that's a barrier, you as a, sci as a true scientist, you know, keep asking questions to keep moving forward. That's that uncharted territory. 
Why do you think that science, most mainstream science, comes up against that wall and just turns around and says, well, that's our, as far as we can go, and that you progressed past it? Like, do you see this as being the next wave of science? I think so. I think we're going through a transition right now where this is where we are heading. I think up until now, um, a lot of the world just wasn't ready for it. Um, and the what's going to be uncovered through entering that field. It was just, it's really, it's one of those things when you really get into it, like it can almost feel like at points your head's exploding because our three-dimensional minds can't wrap around these like 10th dimensional concepts. It's like that whole idea of, you know, somebody who's only ever lived in a 2D world can only ever see a square. And so you can try all you want to explain that we're living in a cube because we're in a 3D world. They're not going to be able to know what a cube is because they've only ever lived in 2D. They're only ever going to see that cube as a square. It's kind of the same concept when we're entering into this non-physical world. If people's minds aren't ready for it, it doesn't matter how much you try to explain it. You know, you, you can't understand what you don't understand. And I think that's why it scares a lot of people too, um, especially for people who are very um, caught in the, I need physical proof. I need something physical and tangible for me to believe it's real. Quantum physics is the exact opposite of it. And so a lot of quantum physicists, I feel like really have already started to embody this whole idea of entering this field where we can't see, but we know it's there and they're exploring it. But even many um, traditional physicists and other science point of views, like it's just, it's scary because it defies everything we know. And if it defies everything we know, it's almost like we're going to have to start from scratch, which for a lot of people, especially who've invested their life into understanding those basic principles, it's going to be almost like I've invested my life into understanding that something that really, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's really a small, tiny blip in comparison to all this other, like, non-local quantum field type stuff. So yeah, I think more than anything, it's probably scary for a lot of people. And I feel like just now we're getting at the point where people are starting to get ready to explore this and understand this. Um, but there's still a lot of resistance. And I feel like there's a lot of people, even myself, it's not always comfortable being the person who's talking about these things because you get a lot of ridicule. <laughs> a lot of negative comments even because um it challenges people and people don't like change and people don't like to be challenged you're absolutely right and it's funny that you you said uh, the phrase doesn't matter because it seems like the only thing they're concerned about is matter they don't want anything beyond the doesn't matter or isn't matter or isn't scientifically repeatable which again you know uh, this this kind of in my mind as well is kind of this barrier so in remote viewing psychics all of these folks say that they come up to a certain timeline or a point or a location and they just can't see past it it's a barrier it's a physical barrier in even the most extremely woo woo I can go anywhere I want but there's, there's sort of a, an out-of-bounds area. And it seems like with science, looking at this kind of stuff in this way, that's their out-of-bounds. But what I find interesting, and you know, just wanted your thoughts on, was do you think that by just introducing the fact that there is a barrier that scientists can get excited about to move beyond, rather than be ridiculed for doing so, uh, do you think that that is going to be the next wave of motivation? Like, basically, we just create an extension to that boundary, and now it's included in the conversation. 
I think so. I think we're I think we're getting there. And I think there is already a lot of people who are getting excited about exploring beyond the boundaries or the limitations we've previously kind of kept ourselves in. So we could have that, you know, definite people love definite in the world of energy. Nothing's definite. Everything's changing. Nothing's like fully consistent other than that it's there. Um, So but I do believe that we're getting to that point where that will be the next step where people are starting and even scientists are starting to get excited about that. So it's a slow transition, but it's happening. Yeah. It's kind of like spiritualism or anything beyond that matter point or that provable point is to science as, you know, conspiracy theorist is to anyone questioning the official narrative from official sources. So it's kind of the same thing. There's a stigma about it. And especially back to what you said about like uh, people who have based their entire careers on this kind of stuff. This makes me sick to my stomach that there is actual memos that are passed around to new scientists that say, hey, you can't publish this until this guy dies. And it's it's this weird thing that really snuffs progress in my mind. Like how far do you think we've been set back by people unable to publish papers based on the, you know, based on pre- people's previous work that it goes against, which should be what science is about, right? But it seems like there's so much ego wrapped up into it. So how far do you think we could be progressed if that never existed? Honestly, so much farther. I think in the end of the day, ego slows everything down, whether we're talking about this or anything. So, but yeah, it is, it's unfortunate because you know, especially with the field of science, we'd hope that we're constantly evolving and being open to hearing new ideas and not feeling threatened by new ideas coming forth, but rather feeling excited because it's like, okay, this made sense at the time based on the knowledge I had then, but we're gaining more knowledge. And so therefore my beliefs are changing. And I feel like as a society, we struggle with that as a whole is this whole idea that when we decide that we believe something that we have to hold on to it or else we feel like we look inauthentic or we look uneducated and so sometimes even like we do this in arguments maybe everybody could probably relate to this well all of a sudden you realize you're wrong (laughs) but then you're like I don't want to admit I'm wrong because I put so much energy into arguing this and so you just hold strong even more rather than just saying you know what actually I've just realized you know it's that takes a lot of maturity um, and it takes a lot of um, comfort within someone and within yourself to be able to do that and to be able to say you know what hey, I know that this is what I've been saying. I know that this is what I believed, but new information has been introduced. And so my beliefs are evolving. I think we're still at a point where the human ego really doesn't, uh, for a lot of us, feel comfortable with that. But I do also think that's changing because I'm seeing more and more people in all areas of life, not just science, being able to say, you know what, hey, I know that I was really strong about this belief before, but... I feel differently now because I've seen more information and now this is what I feel. I've noticed as a whole, as a collective, we're starting to make that transition, which says to me, eventually it'll make it into the science space. It's a great point you bring up. And it is interesting that people, you know, will hunker down into these ideas and even when faced with things like if we can just overcome the obstacle of cognitive dissonance, I'm absolutely there with you. Then this would be how we can progress. It's, you know, in a discussion in anything. Oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. 
I, I've been presented with new information that's challenged my preconceived notions, and therefore I'm going to move into this new understanding with a little bit more of an open mind. And that right there, that alone, I got mad chills whenever you talked about this, because picturing a world like that, where you can just be open and honest, and where you're encouraged to learn and grow, and you're not planting your flag on any idea, especially the shit you had 20 years ago, like... I am not a, I'm not the same person a week ago that I was a week ago. And, you know, I've said things on the show that I'll say, you know what, I've said this before, but actually in new in light of new information, here's kind of how I feel about it. Even with the stance that I personally take openly to not plant my flag on anything. It, this is the part of growth and discussion that's very necessary. D- do you think that this type of new understanding and, and new approach to this avenue that we're both looking forward to here in the very near future, do you think that this came about because of this great awakening or this shakeup in energies that we're feeling right now? A hundred percent. Definitely. Everything I know and understand about energy is that we, as a, in a human experience, knowing that we can't really fully understand what's going on, but just from my understanding, which I know is limited, is that we have a level of individual experience and then we have a level of collective experience and everything's energy. About 95% of the things happening around us, we can't see because of the, the frequency of it. It just, it's not visible by the eye, which means right now, if you look around 90 to 95% of the stuff happening around you, you have no idea what's going on. And so I do believe when there is collective shifts, um, changes in energy, which we are, we've already know that we're affected by planets, by the moon. We see how the moon affects the tides and we see how the solar flares affect, you know, even our technology on the earth has a major effect in this past years on top of everything that's happened that has made people question their life has made people question their choices has made people reflect that's caused a major shift in the collective consciousness of self-reflection and then thrown on top of it we've had an excessive amount of solar flares because we had a period of very low solar flares up until this year we've been having tons of those lots of astrological events that have been affecting us just to sprinkle that on top of the collective stuff so I definitely believe there is a co-creative and a collective aspect to a lot of the changes that are happening and I I really the words I would use is it's been very transformative for a lot of people transformative is the name of the game a lot of transformative energies you and I were speaking briefly before we started going here uh, about even currently the transitional energies that we are both not only you and I feeling but as a collective and I've got a you know great group of uh, mentors and people that I speak with and everyone is feeling this so if you're feeling anything like that outside guys uh, just know listening to watching this uh, we're all feeling it so you're not alone number one number two we're all here for you so if you guys want to write in um, just write me in at the at the show and and we'll talk about it and I can definitely compare some stories with you guys. So don't feel like you're out there alone going through these transitional energies by yourself because no one is spared from this. Like we're all doing it, right? And it's just about your approach and your perspective about how you want to move into a greater, grander version of yourself is how you're going to, you know, infuse and acclimate and integrate those energies into your paradigm. So one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk to you about is it seems like quantum physics is way out here and reality is kind of over here. What is the relationship between quantum science and our reality? 
Um, I really feel like quantum physics plays into actually, it's, it's literally reality. It is the scientific expression of reality is my point of view. Because when we're really looking at quantum physics, we're looking at the quantum field. We're looking at a place where time and space doesn't exist. We're looking at the framework or the blueprint of reality, not just our reality, but potentially many other realities that might be coinciding with ours. And so quantum physics really a lot of what has been proven and what has been studied in I guess that field of science is a reflection of how our realities are created by our own consciousness I talk about it a lot and you know if you put it to two people might say you know what there's no relationship here but I don't see how there isn't the double slit experiment for me is one of the biggest scientific experiments is that literally shows you how your consciousness changes the matter around you and so for those who aren't familiar with that study essentially they were shooting electrons through this slit and they assumed that you know if you're putting something through a slit it's going to go through the slit and land in the same formation on whatever back wall they were throwing it onto what they noticed is what when it was going through rather than going through straight it started to wave out it started to create these wave formations and lines and so the hypothesis was that from many quantum physicists is, is that is literally the representation of the endless waves of possibilities in each new moment because there's constant endless waves. Some people might refer to this as timelines, potentialities of what could happen. But then when they're like, that doesn't make sense and they had someone go and watch to see what was happening, why they were waving, as soon as the observer came in and was watching, it collapsed and only went into one line. Line, exactly what you would think would happen. And so my hypothesis and many people who have like reviewed this study believe that that shows that because he believed that the most logical thing to happen would be for it to form one line, as soon as he observed, he influenced the electrons, his consciousness, his belief systems influence the electrons to create that one line. And so this is a, a scientific example of how our belief systems influence our reality, how they the infinite waves of potentiality collapse into one point just based on what we believe is possible. And this also plays into the concept of consensus reality because it's a whole idea if my belief systems are different than yours, even though we're sharing a collective experience, your waves are going to collapse in front of you the way your mind believes they will versus mine will collapse like mine will. And this shows often how two people can do the exact same thing yet get different results people could do it and i've seen this many many times i've seen it in different uh, business examples i've seen this in oh it, it happens all the time i actually had one experience where my dad he owns a business and he basically created one of those marketing posts where you copy, you paste, you put on your social media. And there was two people who put the exact same post in the exact same group. One person got a ton of resistance. People being like, this sounds like a scam. What is this? And one person saying, this is amazing. Yes, I'd love to reach out to me. I'm interested. The same group, the same post. Why did one person's get all negativity and one person's get all positivity? That's the whole concept of consensus 
reality. We're in the same reality yet experiencing different things. And if you actually looked at the two people, there was a very large difference in the way they respond to the world, the way their energy is. One person is very much a believer that everyone's out to get them, like, you know, that the world isn't, you know, a great place to live. Whereas the other person was very like open and excited and like loving. And so the energy obviously collapsed those waves. And so they got different results doing the same thing. And so I feel like quantum physics, that's what really interests me. When we take consciousness and quantum physics, we start to get an understanding of, I guess, what we'd call the law of attraction, manifestation, consensus reality, and how then we can change our energy, change our belief systems, and then simply do the same things, but then watch our reality change. It's incredible. This is such a great point that you bring up, and I'm grateful for the example because, yes, this even further solidifies kind of the idea that we've been talking about, that the that the world around you is just a mirror to you. It's a mirror to what, just like in the observer experiment with the double slit, uh, by the fact that he expected it to be that way, that's the way in which it appeared. Now, one would then ask, well, you know, what if he expected to see Garfield? Like, would Garfield have, you know been put up on the back. It's back to the Schrodinger's cat idea. And what what I find very interesting about this as well is that, you know, even the observer effect plays into placebos and nocebos. That if the person administering the placebo knows it's a placebo, it will affect the outcome just based on that. Even if the person receiving it has no clue whatsoever. It's all down to the way that you interface with your world. And that's what kind of pops back in. And this is what by the work that you're doing, by the studies of quantum physicists, and especially people that are at least able to glance in the direction of maybe that this is leading your framework for something bigger, um, that is that is one of these things where this is where consensus reality breaks down for me and the examples that you just used, and I'm so grateful that you did. So then the question would be, of course, well then, you know, how does that translate to somebody's life? Like, how can they do this in a different way? What is what is someone's focus to where they can change the reality in the way that it presents them, presents itself to them, rather? Uh, for me and what I've done in my own reality, as well as helped other people do, is it, for me, there's... There's a bit of a two pronged process, I guess is what I'll say, but most of it involves uh, what I would call like mind consciousness based healing, specifically examining conditioned belief systems, belief systems that have developed from traumas, from, you know, whatever we want to call them, ancestral, passed down from our parents, really examining and working on those to think about them critically. I heard someone say an incredible book, oh, I, I wish I could remember it, maybe if you, you'll know what where it came from but he said uh you are not your thoughts you're the thing that observes your thoughts and so it really i feel plays into that because it's about no longer being your thoughts but rather being the observer seeing your thoughts and asking where does this really come from is this actually my truth as a soul was i born with this truth was i a little baby that believed that the world was a horrible place probably not or did things happen that condition that belief system the more we can disconnect from taking ownership of negative beliefs the more than we have 
have that space to then consciously change that from love and acceptance. So not judging yourself or shaming yourself for having that belief, but rather saying, okay, you know what? This belief is here because I had some very challenging experiences in my life. So I give myself empathy, but I now choose that that no longer has to be my reality. And so it involves being very conscious, very, very conscious with which a lot of people have a hard time with. The second piece of that is this whole non-local, can't even be explained with anything physical piece, is the energetic piece of that. And this is when we get really deep into spirituality, and I guess I would say more woohoo medicine, uh, which is things like cutting karmic cords, karmic bonds, karmic contracts, and so forth. Things that are snagging on your energy field that are then making it hard for those changes to happen in the subconscious and conscious mind. But if I find if you couple those two things together, which I call it soul healing with mind healing, along with connecting with a sense of purpose, something that you feel passionate about, something that opens your heart, something you want to share with the world. If you combine working on all those three things at once, the transformation that happens is supercharged as opposed to if you just focus on working on the soul or just the mind or just the purpose, the transformation happens, but it's much, much slower. And so I always tell people first, number one is you need to address those belief systems and then also begin to I like calling it quantum jumping, quantum leaping is consciously choosing to take quantum leaps in the direction you want to go based on how you want your reality to look. It's amazing. And what I like about these as well is things like uh, simple actions like cutting cords and uh, ancestor trauma healing and things like this, you know, that can really divide folks. That can be something to where they're like, oh, this doesn't relate. How did you go, you know, from the jump from there to there? Like, I don't even believe in all that. But really, it's it's an exercise to be able to be mindful and aware of the things that maybe you're thinking about or information you're receiving uh, that doesn't align with the new version of you, the greater, grander version of you uh, that you're moving in towards. And so this is an interesting part of this process as well. It seems like as you're healing and growing and changing and evolving, even with uh, new concepts like this and the further away from where you're wanting to be from where you are, there, there are these incredible steps and these leaps that you take in between this. But someone like you who you know helps people do this, this is a wonderful way to kind of integrate these practices and just to really be mindful about the thoughts coming in. There's one thing I've always thought about, uh, ironically, is you know, if you if you take your idea that the the concept of that you're not your thoughts, right? Your brain is just a receiver for this information. And then you can sit there and say, man, you know, then there's something pretty dark on the other side that's sending me or that I'm receiving, you know, these horrible thoughts from. Like, where did this come from? Is that deep in them, or is this something that's being sent to them because they're kind of in alignment with that channel, if you want to say that, kind of like on a radio doll. Like they're just tuned to the country music station, but they really want to listen to hip hop or something. And But all they get is country music constantly. And so this could be a way of articulating kind of negative thoughts and tuning your frequency. Is that kind of what the process looks like to be able to draw in or attract or be a receiver for a different pattern of thoughts? A hundred percent. I love your example with the tuning because that is essentially what quantum jumping or quantum leaping is, is you're basically creating a quantum collapse in the endless ways of possibilities by making a choice, a choice to then jump into the vibration of the person who's already received what you're looking to receive. There's a releasing and an integrating process that's basically like tuning and turning the dial so that your vibration then matches that person. But the 
key element then afterwards is showing up as that person. So you can't keep showing up as the person, you know, who's in lack and fear and, you know, self-sabotage and expect to receive as the person who's, you know, loving themselves, taking care of themselves, honoring themselves, living out their passions. And so there is that integration process where in the beginning can feel like walking through mud, you know, where you have to kind of force yourself into the actions of those person. But over time, the shifts happen. And as far as the uh, karmic cords and karmic bonds go, it is a spiritual way of explaining how we break quantum entanglement with things we don't want to affect our energy. The scientific point of view of that is quantum entanglement. We create that for healing, which is wonderful. You know, I can set an intention in my consciousness to send you healing. You can say, yep, I want to receive. What's happening is our energies are entangling. And through that entanglement, I can send you energy. But it's not just used for healing quantum entanglement can have um, I guess a negative side to it where let's just say you have an experience with someone that's very negative maybe a toxic relationship and you end the relationship physically just because you ended that relationship physically doesn't mean that there's not an entanglement between both your energy still and so spirituality comes in and they call these karmic cords or karmic bonds but the scientific point of view is essentially using your consciousness to break the entanglement between you and that person's energy so their energy Energy no longer can influence your energy in a negative way. Same things happens with traumatic experiences. Same thing can happen even with um, people's belief past lives. There can be entanglements with energies or even with, you know, your families. There could be entanglements from experiences of generations ago, a traumatic experience that, you know, your great, 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 great grandfather had, but it was so enwrapped in his energy that it was almost passed down through the children because his vibration was emanating that entanglement and so the scientific point of view of that would be using your consciousness to break any entanglements that are not serving your energy in a positive way and it usually helps to visualize you know a cord or something like that and releasing because our consciousness is powerful and so when we set that intention and we say okay i'm breaking any entanglement between me and this person or me in this situation and you hold space for that change you're giving yourself i call it energetic freedom so that there's not all these things snagging on your energy throughout the day it's a perfect way to put it you know and something else i was thinking about when you're talking about this is back to the kind of radio analogy let's say that you're just sick of toby keith and you just want to listen to some feral mantra some hip-hop right back from the country to the hip-hop one of the things uh, you could you could talk about uh, with these energetic cords and things are that's what's keeping you stuck on the station. And what somebody like you can help do is realize that and realize, oh, well, here's why. You know, you're so stuck to this channel that you've been tuned to. Let's go ahead and clean some of that up and clear it. It's also, you know, another maybe example of that would be clearing your cookies and cash on your computer, right? Every now and then you've got to go through and sweep things that you've picked up along the way so that you will perform better or so that you're energy is cleaner, you know, and you just kind of clean up some of the muck because you do carry muck, you know, uh, from one energy to another, or it's a barrier. Like as long as you've got that stuff, you know, drenched in you, these cords or whatever, you're just wrapped up in all this energy. You can't move forward because that isn't in alignment or it doesn't receive the station that you're wanting to go to in a clear and concise way. It, it's just awesome the way that you speak about this stuff because you're really great at visualizing this um, and, and wrapping our minds around these kind of concepts, which again, I'm grateful that we met. 
So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about as well, which I already had on the list here, but it's something that you've brought up is this quantum jumping or this quantum collapses and this quantum leaping. Do you have any, you know, just a couple of quick uh, maybe pointers or exercises for folks to do that they can, you know, be actionable about right now? Yes, I love quantum jumping. I think it's a great way to involve your consciousness in creating that shift within your vibration. And so there's different ways to do it because for people who have sensory aphantasia, um, visualizing isn't going to be easy. And so there's ways you can do it using something called command cell therapy, which is essentially where you're commanding the changes um, within your body. So that would be something for people with aphantasia. Otherwise, for people who can visualize visualizing is one of the quickest ways to change and alter the vibration of your energy and so for me what I do is I always go into a meditative state which is key for deep breathing I actually do box breathing uh, which really really helps uh, switch on that parasympathetic nervous system get you out of fight or flight and get you into the present moment and then what I do is always start with gratitude I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is we shift from lack we try to shift from feeling like like our, our current reality isn't enough, that we don't have enough money, we don't have enough love, we don't have enough whatever. And so we want to jump into this alternate reality or version of ourselves because what we have isn't enough. And if you try to shift from that place, you can't. You can't shift from lack because your external environment reflects your internal environment. So unless you feel abundant within, your external environment isn't going to reflect that. So I always start with gratitude for my current life, for my current experiences, all the things that have um, been positive, all the gifts in my life, I usually try to focus on three things that give me an emotional response, like actually make me feel like, wow, I'm so lucky to have these three things. I feel so blessed. And once I've focused in on these three things for long enough that I feel like actually like I'm in a state of like gratitude and appreciation that's when I try to just send out like I see it as almost like an energetic ripple throughout like a grid line of energy what we might perceive as the quantum field to just say thank you for my entire timeline or reality for all it has offered me even the learning the lessons the challenges that have helped me grow I just send gratitude to all of it because all of it has served me just like all of our realities have served us in some way and and then I tune into the version of me who's received what I wanted to receive. And so usually I have a list of intentions that I've written down and I feel into what that feels like to be that person. What would it feel like to be the person who's received that level of financial abundance and wealth? What would it feel like to be that person who has that much love in their life? What would it feel like to be that person who's that healthy? What would he or she look like? What kind of energy would they exude? What kind of facial expressions would they have? You really want to feel into who that person is. And I try to then just, I, I kind of shelf it. And then I try to see the differences. How is she different from me? And usually something will come up like she's a little bit more patient. That comes up often for me. That's one that I'm working on cultivating. She, I might even get details. I might even ask her. She might do her marketing for her business a little bit different than me. She might be doing eating food or taking care of herself or exercising differently than me. And I try to get as much details as possible because that will help with the integration after. And then once I'm ready, I just set that in 
intention in my mind, the parts of me that are out of alignment with her. And so usually the parts of me that maybe it's like that want to control my reality instead of trusting the parts of me that get easily frustrated instead of being patient and compassionate. I let go of those parts. Now I usually take five deep breaths and then I just visualize myself jumping into that version of me and integrating the energy. And often for me, because I'm very sensitive to energy, I'm feeling it all as I go. But even if you don't, you can just trust it's happening. Uh, And often even after, you'll just feel lighter. There'll be a shift within the way you feel, even if it's just a sense of peace within. But then it's important, all of those things that he or she does differently than you, now it's important to say, okay, how do I want to start including this in my reality? Am I, do you need to exercise more? Do you need to eat differently? Is there something differently you need to do for your business to market or to promote yourself and actually start right away creating those action steps to be that version of you? That is what seals the jump because the worst thing you could do is do that jump and then go back into your reality as the person living in fear and lack and restriction because it's like there's nothing then saying like, hey, this is the new me. I'm choosing to be this version of me. And the more you do it, the more solidified it gets. It doesn't have to be a long exercise. I usually say five to 10 minutes max. The key part is showing up differently after. That's what then solidifies it so the energy doesn't dissipate. Yeah, and even small things, <clears throat> like what you were talking about, about, oh, well, my, you know, future self, whatever that uh, is really, really who I want to be, you know, gets up and works out every morning. So therefore, I'll get up and work out every morning when I'm whatever. And so therefore, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've already aligned with the version of yourself or you have knowledge of that, you would take better care of yourself and do this morning routine, even a 10, 30 minute little whatever workout. And you know that in your in your mind right now and you choose not to participate in that now, this is you pushing that further version of you along. It's the carrot on the on the stick. Like, you know that that's what you're going to do, but by waiting to do it until something shows up actually kind of pushes it away from you because, again, you now have an insight to what alignment, what your future person does, the future version of you. Another great thing that the wife and I just recently went and did, it was clean out our house. Like we went through closets, we cleaned out old clothes, old things, because we're not taking those those with us. My future version of my most successful self does not hang on to those little shoes that I'm never going to wear anymore. It gives it away to people and lightens the load. And you, you feel so actionable, even these little things. Like if the higher version of you, you know, gets in his Lamborghini or her Lamborghini every day and drives to work and you don't have that. And that's what your focus is on. Like, oh, my higher version's only going to be here when I see that Lamborghini then that's what ironically pushes it away from you. But there are small little actionable things that you can do right now, like get up every morning and do like 30 pushups, whatever. That is an inline, aligned way of moving yourself into the version of you that you do want to create based on what we know about quantum physics, which it's all just to see a potentiality. Align with that version. And this is where you take like... I find this also with a lot of folks, uh, with some people that I've talked to, they say, you know, I want to do so much and nothing's happening. And I'm like, okay, well niche down, you know, figure out, like move into a certain direction. And really that's when the wheels start moving because basically you're, you're kind of open for anything. And so you receive nothing, you know what I mean? Because you're just in alignment with being bombarded by options and never, you know, enjoying the fruits of those options kind of a thing. It's just kind of how I look at it. 
Now, another thing that you talk about that I, I thought was so damn cool um, was the shower portal kind of idea. Now, I've discussed the shower portal on this show several times, a very simplified version of it. But your version was so damn cool because it really inspired me to look at it in a different way, even though I've been practicing it for a while. So if you don't mind, for my audience, give us an upgrade on the concept of shower portal quantum jumping. So, yeah, it's very similar to the exercise I just gave you. I actually do this almost every single morning in my shower because it only takes five minutes is you're now using the water to be a conduit of the energy and water is a very powerful element. It's one of the few elements that is both both clearing and cleansing for the energy as well as conduiting which means it can release energy and bring in new energy and so many elements only do one or the other like often earth is more of a grounding and releasing energy but doesn't necessarily bring in a lot whereas like gold will bring in a lot water is one of the few that does both so it's very very powerful and when you go into the shower Essentially, what you're doing is this very similar thing. I always start with gratitude, giving gratitude to my reality, giving gratitude to my experiences, and then tuning into that other version of me, connecting with her, what it feels like to be that abundant and loving and healthy and expansive. But then when I come back to me, what I do is I I set the intention that I allow the water to cleanse any parts of the current version of me that are not in alignment with the version of me who's received these things and I'll just deep breathe and I turn and I spin in the water so that my entire body gets under that water and I just sometimes if you can I always say get specific whether it's with your intentions of what you want to attract but also with what you want to release you can say whatever's out of alignment with me and you know do an over but if you get specific and you actually say the belief system that it's not possible for me the belief system that i'm not worthy of receiving this i cleanse that now with those water and sometimes i'll have five or six belief systems and i say it i turn i let the water cleanse it and then once i feel complete and i feel like i'm ready to then jump into that version of me what i then do is i switch my intention of the water and I say I allow the water to now bring the vibration of that other version of me over my body allowing me to fully become aligned with that energy and same thing I let the entire water soak me take some deep breaths and I usually like you feel the shift like whether it's just an inner sense of peace whether it's tingly sensations you'll know when it's happened and that's it it's complete but it's so powerful have you been able to change anything in your physical reality? So one of the things I'll let you in on here is that we have a rug in our bathroom <clears throat> that has stripes on it, right? And so there's there's a brown and a red stripe right next to one another. And something that I am playing with the idea of is being able to physically change that rug. Because if you think about it, in a universe where everything's infinite, everything's possible, I've had that rug forever. And in any variations in which we procured it, right? And in maybe a few of those realities, the stripes wouldn't be the same orientation, okay? And so do you think that it's possible or have you done it, changed physical things in your reality? Like I said, for this example, I'm, I'm wanting to flip flop those stripes and I will know that I'm in a different reality because those stripes have physically flipped in this reality. Do, have you ever done it and do you think it's possible? 
I have done it and it is possible. Um, I think oftentimes our, whatever, whatever you want to call it, your soul, your subconscious um, doesn't often allow for those types of changes um, because it can be very overwhelming to the subconscious. Even for those of us who know, we understand it, we're playing in this space. When it happened to me, it was something little, but I was like a little freaked out for the rest of the day and I actually took a break from quantum jumping for a couple weeks uh, <laughs> afterwards just because I started to have this fear what if I one day open my eyes and I'm like in a different house with a different family and after meditation I was guided that the, my subconscious won't allow that to happen it's all within the parameters of what you want to change but what happened to me and the change was um, my whole relationship with my partner we've had this inside joke where he calls overalls dungarees and I don't know why but that word annoys me I'm like just call it overalls coveralls whatever just don't call it dungarees and this morning um, when we were going out my son had these snow pants that were like overalls and he made a joke about you know putting on Everest dungarees my son and I'm like oh stop using that word I can't stand that word anyways I did a meditation that afternoon and came out of it I wasn't actually even trying to quantum jump I was just really connecting in with my higher self. I really set the intention to connect with my highest timeline. Um, I wasn't even trying to shift realities, although that's what happened. Because when I came out of it, my partner and I went out and he put on his overalls and I made a joke as we're walking at the door. Oh, you look so good in your dungarees. And he's like, what? I'm like, your dungarees. He's like, what the hell's a dungaree? No way. I'm like, your overalls. He's like, I'm like, you literally say this all the time. This has been a joke since the beginning of a relationship. He's like, I've never heard that word before. He's like, that's not even a word. And he literally pulled out his phone and Googled the word dungarees. And he's like, oh, you're right. It is a word. And I just was like, I'm like, are you messing with me? He's like, what are you talking about? Like, he was so confused. And I, it was the smallest thing, but I remember being like, oh my gosh, like this is a different version of my partner than maybe I was living with. But I realized we're constantly shifting timelines, but all the timelines close to us, you know, five to 10 timelines apart, there's going to be no physical changes. All the changes are going to be internal. It's not until you start jumping, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 potential realities that those start happening. So most times stuff like that won't happen. But when it did happen, I was a little bit freaked out. This is kind of similar to the whole idea of the Mandela effect when we've had these massive jumps, you know, within the collective consciousness. And so then there's hundreds of thousands of people that are remembering historical events differently. And so it's not the first time this has happened in a bigger experience. But then when it actually happens in your own, own reality, um, it can be... It can be a little bit um, unsettling, <laughs> but I think after I kind of settled into it and I realized, okay, you know what? No, it's only going to happen in the parameters of what I wanted to. And a lot of times I set the intention that the shifts for me are internal, that then replicate into my reality over the next several weeks. But I think it happens to us more often than we realize when you lose something and you never find it again. I think many times, not all the time, but many times that could be a result of jumping into reality where whatever you had, you no longer had. Because I've had this with experiences where someone will lose something in their house and they'll literally move their house and it never gets found. It's like, where did it go? Where did it vanish to? <laughs> and so I think this does happen all the times, but our, our mind, 
our consciousness gives it a logical reasoning. Oh, I must have accidentally thrown it out. Or you remember uh, memory different than your parents. Your parents are like talking about something and you're like, that's not how that happened. And so then you're just like, oh, they're, they're old. They don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> you know? Um, so, but I think often we are switching timelines, but we just usually give things a logical explanation. It's very rare that we get like an in your face, like my experience where it's like, this is undeniable. We literally had this conversation this morning and now it's like you've completely forgotten it and so yeah it was crazy <laughs> yeah and it's how like missing socks you know that's a big joke right you know that your socks just kind of hanging on uh and that's where they make the break is in the laundry um or like uh you missing items and just saying it's fairies or fae or something like that you know and maybe there is some sort of helper that you know walks in and visually like takes your shit and then you're like oh that's how i know i'm in a new reality because there's things little little creatures running around now uh also something you were t you were saying that uh, that made me chuckle was is let's say that your partner knows you really 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 well and maybe there's something you've been mentioning for a little while and he knows that often when you go into a shower when you meditate you come out expecting things to be differently because that's your that's your trajectory now, if uh, I could visualize myself doing this with my wife, like she goes into the shower, I know she's quantum jumping, so I just eliminate that word from my vocabulary, and then when she brings it up, like like you did, play dumb, be like, "What are you talking about?" Uh, or you know, she goes into the shower and I shave my eyebrows or something, and when she comes back out, I'd be like, "This is the reality you jumped into. I've always had, I've always been like this. What are you talking about?" Um, or even like grabbing your best friend or something, switching clothes with him, you know, and then have him sit on your couch for whenever, you know, your partner comes out of meditation or something, and just say no we've been together forever i could see couples you know especially guys that aren't into this stuff messing with their significant others who are and it doesn't need to be male female just whatever the roles are it's just kind of a silly maybe fun thing to kind of haze everybody every now and then but i think it's so interesting that you can affect things physically in your reality like this just based on your intent and with cloud bursting i mean that's a huge thing that people get their minds blown about it's it's you know a soft way to kind of play with this kind of stuff even the art of manifesting like a blue feather or a you know a, a penny with your birthday on it or something like that these are physical things that occur in your reality based on intention and this is why this is so much fun to play with whenever you really start looking into it so I uh, wanted to ask you about uh, angels and aliens. Are they different? Are they the same thing? What are your thoughts? I think it depends. I think your it depends on your perspective and your point of view. And you got to remember too. Um, I'm not the knower of all things. And so this is just my perspective, but we're playing in the field of non-physical. So it's like, it's all intuitive. It's not like I've, you know, like I'm some special person they plucked up off the earth and it's like, here's everything. This is what it is. <laughs> like, this is the structure. So everyone. I yeah. totally wrong. And I always like to preface that because um, even the concept of consensus reality, maybe we're all right, even when we believe different things. So this is just my perspective. But um, I do believe uh, angels are what we perceive as angels are just another type of aliens per se. It's just a, a different word for it because of um, probably more because of like religious conditioning. So we've kind of we know about angels. They've talked about angels. They've given name to those angels and they've called them angels. But angels are just another being another vibration just like any alien so it's it's to me they're pretty much the same angels are just a classification of alien or being technically we're aliens too so um but yeah it's very interesting when we're getting into that space now because that is really where we're leaving 
any sort of physicality. We're entering, entering fully into the quantum field. We're entering into the spaceless, timeless area, um, especially because many of those beings do reside in higher dimensions where they're not living in the constructs of time and space like we are too. And so it's always so interesting and fascinating to tap into that, but then to also tap into the concept that, you know, we're pretty much all aliens. We're just happen to be having a human experience right now in this moment um, but it doesn't mean that we've only ever had human experiences and I think that's a big thing in the spiritual community especially when we're getting into concepts like you know star seeds and you know so forth is most people are connected to well number one we're all one we're all part of the same source of energy um, that is proven through the quantum field we're all connected through this energy um, whatever you want to call that is consciousness God, whatever words you want to use, the universe. Um, but then this whole concept that then, yeah, we've all, almost all of us, I believe, have had experiences beyond the human experience. And so I actually believe we're all aliens and angels or whatever language you want to use. <laughs> well, what do you think the purpose in our experience is interacting with those creatures, whatever they are? Uh, I feel like a lot of the time it's, especially right now, there's a lot of um, support and it depends. So we're living in a, a dualistic experience. We're living in polarity. We're living in the concepts of, you know, light and dark, good and bad, um, the whole concept of that. And so it's very hard to understand um, when we're in a dualistic experience because we're always going to classify are these good beings or bad beings. That's immediately where our mind goes rather than seeing it from the whole point of view. The one point of view is that there's just different experiences happening within different densities. But I think a lot of the energies that are present, you know, whether we want to call them guides, you know, spirit guides or alien guides, whatever, are here to support um, the human experiment that's happening right now in the collective consciousness. From my understanding, what's happening right now in the human collective um, is something that's never been done before whatever that means i'm not sure that's just what my own intuitive guidance was and so we're heading into a lot of unknowns and so it's almost like the concept of if you're trying a new medication let's just say a new medicine comes out the first people who try it like they're going to have a lot of people around watching making sure that everything goes okay because they don't know what's going to happen it's the first experiment that's kind of the similar concept of what's happening with the human consciousness and the collective i guess we'll say if you want to use the word ascension i don't always love that word but transformation i like that word better um the collective transformation is because it's something that hasn't been done for before it's almost like there's a lot of energies here that are kind of like almost like scientists like curious like oh what's gonna happen there's other ones here that are here to support to try to you know make sure the process goes smoothly and then sure there might be other denser energies that are here for other agendas or other reasons but um, I would say for the most part, from my sense and based on my reality, most of it's very positive and loving. 
Yeah, it's like we're the coolest reality show out there, or at least the most interesting. Uh, because, yeah, this is something that with this transformation, I prefer that word as well. Thank you for, for putting it that way. The other is too hierarchical for me, and we always denote that. We're like, now we don't mean, when we say higher vibration, we don't mean better. And so transformations are its a much better way to articulate it. So uh, it's much more accurate to the way that I feel about it. And it does seem like, you know, that this time, uh, you know, TV show Earth is really ramping up and everybody wants to be a part of it, you know, um, with these energies, with these uh, entities whatever they are. Now, um, do you feel like duality is uh, only here that it's scalable, that it, it exists in other places as well, if not from the bottom up or top down? Yeah, I believe uh, duality is definitely, and it's not just a part of the human experience. I think duality is a part of a lot of experiences. I think the difference is that we get a wider perception um, in other higher densities. And so when entering the concept, if you've ever actually seen like the, I guess, like the way they kind of show that, like the one dimension would be a line, the second dimension like would be the square, the third dimension would be a cube, the fourth dimension, now you're seeing that it's actually it wasn't a cube it was like this other shape but you couldn't see that and so each dimension or density higher up offers a wider perspective and so it doesn't lose the concept of duality or polarity that the three-dimensional world offers it then just offers another perspective on top of it of more oneness with like duality within oneness and so i believe that it kind of grows on that so i do believe duality is not um subjected just to like what I guess we'll call it the human experience. I believe it's a part of a lot of experiences. I do believe there's something special though about the human experience in particular. I actually think it's a blessing to be a human. I know not everyone agrees with me, but consensus reality. So that's okay because it's so neutral within its duality is what I would say. And so it's not, it's very, very much balanced light and dark would be what the words I would use. So whereas I would say there's other realities that lean more to denser versus lighter energetically, we're very balanced, which means that everybody energetically speaking, based on the collective concepts and the blueprint of the human experience, we kind of have that choice, a very balanced choice of which one we want to move in one is not better than the other but there's this whole concept of balanced choice that offers i believe an expansion of the consciousness of what's possible of what we can learn as individuals and as a collective that is very unique about the human experience. And I believe that's why it's a very exciting thing for, I guess, maybe what we'll call other beings, energies, vibrations, whatever language we want to use, is this whole concept of like, ooh, they can go either way. What are they yeah. going to choose? It's kind of <laughs> keeping everyone on their edge of their seat. So <laughs> that would be my perspective. That's a great way to put it because it is sort of a free-for-all in a sense, but you have all the options here. And this is another thing we talk about quite a bit on the show is it's just an option. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can do that if you want, but you don't have to. Like anything, like your autonomy is your autonomy. You get to choose this. It's kind of like the Westworld analogy that we use here. It's like when you go to, in the show Westworld or whatever, when they show up, they get to pick what color hat they wear. And that's representative of what we're talking about in duality. So you get to either, you know, play the villain or play the dark character here, which is absolutely necessary for the whole thing to exist. Some of us need to sign up to be 
denser energies and want to know what that feels like and play that role in for the higher energies to keep expanding itself and for consciousness to evolve in this way. And it seems like, you know, one force wants to contract, one wants to expand. And with this juxtaposition of energies is where we get the beauty and what you're talking about, the novelty and being a human. And I agree with you. It's it's insane and crazy and awesome all at the same time, which that's an even what we're talking about here with the energies. Energies can be super dense and transformative. It's just about the way that you interpret and integrate them to see if you're you know, moving down the path that you want, which is just what serves you, uh, or not, which doesn't serve you. None is better than the other. There's probably a sense of kind of, I guess, uh, you know, preference based on who you surround yourself with in your environment, right? Because people who do horrible atrocities that are grown up in an environment where that's conducive, they don't think they're doing anything wrong. It's based on where they were raised, what their environment up, what their program is. And so they haven't been exposed to lighter energies. They've been surrounded by dark hats their entire life. So they don't know anything else. And this is what's interesting also about the options uh, select for experience here is that you have so many damn of them. It's, it's crazy and amazing and beautiful at the same time. Uh, so what do you think about light language? This is something I wanted to talk to you about because I know that you're a participant in this as well. Again, guys, all the ways to find her uh, located down in the show notes are fascinating. Go check out her TikTok for sure. Uh, it's riddled with just incredible things. So light language is something that a good friend of mine, Amy Belair, who I'm talking to right after this, actually. So I've got to introduce you to. That's something that she's been really getting into as well. Now, personally, and this is just being full disclosure here, I don't understand it. It, In my mind, some folks also can approach this as like uh, speaking in tongues. And so therefore, they automatically associate it with a religious ideology, which they've long since detached to. So that's my question. Is it a kind of new interpretation of, of speaking in tongues or is it something completely differently? I think that there's definitely a connection to it. I think, though, the difference is that often when people were, you know, quote unquote, speaking in tongues and I guess maybe religious organizations, like the vibration of the earth, the vibration of people were very different at that time. And so not saying that this is the case for everybody, but the energy or the vibration they are bringing through with their voice probably was very different than what many people are bringing through today. And it is something that also like I felt crazy when it started happening to me like especially I was in spirituality I was um, I hadn't finished my PhD yet so I was still doing a lot of work in that you know learning expanding in the science but I'd also started venturing out into like tapping into my own intuition you know meditating getting into some more spiritual stuff and then all of a sudden it was actually like I have no concept of time. I would say like nine months ago, maybe um, like it just all of a sudden I woke up one day and it was just there. I don't know how to explain it. Um, and I thought I was crazy. I thought I was going crazy. I was like, what's happening to me? Why do I just want to like move my hands and move? And I could just start moving energy with my hands. And I'd already practiced, you know, doing Tai Chi and practice moving energy. All of a sudden, though, it's like I it almost looked like sign language, but it was like moving energy through these shapes and movements of my hands is how it started at. And then all of a sudden it felt like there was something trying to come like up out of my throat. And I just had to start speaking and making these sounds. And it was crazy for me being somebody who kind of started in the science side of things to then have this undeniable experience. Um, but when I started doing more research on it, I found out there's all these other people having the same experiences of me, many of them making the 
same sounds as me. And from there, it just grew. It happened very, very quickly. Obviously, my soul, whatever my subconscious, whatever you want to call it, just decided now's the time. Here it is. Let's go. Because all of a sudden, I started having more undeniable experiences that's when I really like this was before this I wasn't really that much into like aliens and stuff like that like I kind of had an understanding and I kind of like yeah that resonates with me based on what I know there's no way we're the only existence we're the only reality based on what I understand about quantum physics and the world there's there's no way that's an egotistical thing to think that we're the only people it's like there's so much out there so I always resonated with the concept of alien life but also All of a sudden I started having these experiences when I was meditating is actually seeing beings um, and like feeling these energies and interacting with them in an undeniable way. Um, I had a bit of an, an abduction experience, a positive one. A lot of people associate that with negative. Mine was very positive. They were there to help me and support me. They were actually the ones who helped me start quantum jumping. Um, and when they came and helped me with, um, they, they're the ones who often offered me methods and ideas of different ways I could do it. And they did some work on my energy body. That is when I started getting like a lot of, I guess what we call downloads um, and huge results from my jumps. Like I would do one jump and I would have like 10 opportunities pop up the next day, like things that couldn't have possibly like just total chance of alignment. Like, I guess not chance, but just the most bizarre experiences, once again, undeniable. Um, but the light language for me, it's just, it's about bringing through energy with your intentions and allowing the sound of your voice to flow that energy to the person receiving it. And um, eventually, I different dimensions, different beings, if you want to say, there's different sounds that come through, different energies. It's, it's very complex, but it's definitely, I don't think it's for everyone, and that's okay. Um, and I definitely don't think it's for the mind. And so for anybody who's caught in their mind of like, you know, what does it mean? What are they saying? You're not going to receive what it's actually doing, which is speaking to the soul, which is allowing the soul to reconnect with the fragments that have been forgotten. Because it's like that concept, if we've all had experiences in other dimensions, you know, whether if we want to get to aliens like Octurians, Palladians, maybe you've had lives there. If somebody starts speaking an Octurian language, an Octurian vibration, what it's doing to your soul is it's waking up the wisdom and the energy within your soul from those previous lifetimes it's calling energy in from the quantum field for integration and it can really serve for soul expansion at a larger level i believe what's so interesting you say this too because uh amy belier same thing uh she had not considered herself a contactee got contacted all of a sudden light language is is here and it's it she gets it and it's a complete new direction same as you so it's very interesting that you're the second person that I highly respect the opinion of to talk about this in this way. Now, what did your, how did your contact experience take shape? Like, do you mind, do you mind telling us about it? Like start to finish, like what was that like? So it was 
this is one of those other things. I think many of us have these experiences, but we write them off as dreams. And so what happened for me was it actually felt like I was in a dream and I was having like these experiences. And then there was almost like a glitch is the words I would use. It's like my dream started to flicker and there was like all of a sudden it collapsed, the dream collapsed. And there was these six beings standing around me in this white room and I panicked even like I'd been channeling light language. I've been seeing beings and meditations, but to actually be there and to see them, I literally felt like I was going to like explode with anxiety and they literally just started running towards me. And all of a sudden I felt something hit the back of my neck and I literally felt like I, I slammed, like slammed back into my bed. I was sitting up and I just kind of like looked around and it was like, I was wide awake. I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. It took me a while. I was really freaked out. I had no idea what happened. And it wasn't until I went into meditation that day that I then got answers. They said that they couldn't talk to me at that time because I was in too much of a state of panic. And I kind of got explanations and answers as to what they were doing, which was upgrades on my energy body. And then they shared with me um, some of the changes I might experience. And so I tried some of their suggestions and I saw it right away, the changes in my reality. But they were the same. It was so interesting. I'd never seen these beings or not ones that are, say, popular, like an Octarian or a Palladian. Most people know about those other beings. These ones are ones I'd never seen before. But I was actually astral projecting my consciousness for several weeks before this happened to the Rigel star in the Orion star system uh, because I felt a connection to it. And I was using the, the it's actually a turquoise star. I was using that energy to help like fuel my quantum jumps. It's when I first started quantum jumping. And I, every time I would go into that star, all of a sudden I would see these eyes looking at me, like just almost like they were observing, like they were just watching what I was doing. And I was like, they didn't feel like, good or bad. It was just kind of like, almost like they were like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, yeah. And so I was kind of like, hey, maybe it's just in my head. Maybe it's just in my head. So I just kept doing it. And long behold, in that dream, it was the same beings with those eyes. And just as a synchronicity, because I don't often get a lot of visuals for me, it's a lot of like intuitive downloads through like thoughts and then through sensations on my body. But literally a week later in a group I'm on, on Facebook, somebody literally posted a picture that they drew of the exact beings I saw saying that this is a being he goes by Harvey O he's from Orion and this is what they're here helping humanity with the empowerment of manifestation and creating our reality and so just as confirmation for my whole experience I'm literally that's the exact being doing exactly what they were helping me do and it was like this whole um, incredible experience and I've shared it on my TikTok and I've had several people then comment who said they've had similar experiences but with other beings where they're basically it's almost like they put your consciousness in the simulation to make you feel like you're dreaming um, but occasionally it's almost like it can collapse because it's not necessarily maybe they do sometimes take our physical bodies but I think a lot of the times what they're actually doing is extracting our consciousness and they're energetically working on our consciousness and so sometimes our consciousness unconsciously will collapse the constructs they've created and so that's what it felt like it literally I guess when my consciousness went back into my body I literally it felt like falling into my body and then like 
I like sat like instantly, like when I woke up, I was sitting up. I wasn't laying down. Like when my eyes opened, it was crazy, but it was wonderful <laughs> at the same time because it's really helped me um, with my own journey of empowerment for sure. It's so damn cool. And if anything, now you give me more hope for being contacted. Like, uh, of course, we probably all have. We probably all. But I am famous for saying that I'm, I'm not a contactee or I'm not a conscious contactee. I don't remember it if I if I have been. But this actually is something I'm very excited about because just like you, Amy didn't get physically abducted. She felt like she was in a dream sleep. All of a sudden, everything collapsed. She was a believer around a fire with a bunch of people in robes. And then that's when this happened. And so it was a very similar not only uh, experience, but environment as well. And it's, it's interesting to what you say as well, that you don't think that they take your physical body because this is something I've been talking about for a long time. A lot of the people that whenever you gather these cases, and I've talked to a ton of folks that have had these experiences, and whenever they explain that this being came through the wall, which we know in our 3D reality is not possible other than some technology, maybe the technology is just simply that that's how consciousness works. And really the technology is keeping this very stable illusion of a reality here in front of us. And maybe that's what's really technically going on. And the natural state is to be this fluid and to be out of body and to not be bound by physical you know, limitations or something. And so when you say take astral body, uh, that is something that we've been talking about because they get phased through walls. They get things worked on on their light body where their actual body is floating above or something and they could see changes and then those changes translate to their experience in reality. And this is very interesting. This seems like another method to quantum jump is because you basically are quantum leaping into an aligned state with these beings that will come in and help you even level up even higher. But it seems like you've got to kind of meet them at a certain level for them to dial down to meet you. And this is where like the true interaction and and the true growth and process works from there. I think it's awesome. I think it's super awesome. And you've really given me, I guess, some hope, you know, that I can do this too. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. All right. So let me ask you one more question and then we'll cut it on this one. Okay. But you're a damn delight and we've definitely got a lot more to talk about. Uh, okay. So just your opinion, don't have to plant your flag earth flat around. What do you got? Um, honestly, my stance has always been, why does it matter? It's for me, my stance is that it's a realm, it's an experience. And so I think the whole argument of, is it flat around is a distraction. It's another thing that keeps us rooted in trying to define our three-dimensional construct rather than transcending into who we truly are as, as soul beings. Uh, and so I've never, I've looked at the information of both and I actually can totally see both perspectives. And I think it's so, I think it's so fascinating and incredible. But then whenever I tune into my soul to get an answer, the, the answer I always get is it doesn't matter. That's always what comes through. And so whether they don't want to share it with me or my higher self doesn't want, what I've gotten is that those, those arguments often are things that keep us rooted in our three dimension uh, rather than really feeling into who we truly are. And the answer I've always gotten is it's a realm, it's an experience, nothing else matters beyond that. Yes. Yes, this is how I feel about it as well. I think it's whatever the hell you want to experience. If you are walking through this world in your own reality and you get on a rocket and you blast off and you expect a ball to render underneath you, that's what happens. If you you know expect to have extra lands out there, maybe that's how this realm presents itself for you. But I agree with you that the argument over what it is is the distraction from that it's neither or both, or it's whatever the hell you want, right? It's not necessarily, I think pinning it down to a science is what, what the issue is altogether. But the fact, 
fact that the discussion exists is what led me to kind of where I'm at now with it, which is where you are as well. I love this. I, I think you're spot on with this. So that's awesome. Again, great insight. Uh, well, Dr. Haley Young, thank you so much. We're definitely going to do this again. You're incredible. I really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Want to take a moment and thank Dr. Haley Young for coming by and hanging out with this uh, remarkable young lady. And I cannot wait to see, you know, what what new understanding she comes across next. So I uh, will be absolutely inviting her back on. Definitely check the show notes, guys, for all of the ways to find her. She puts out some amazing content and it's definitely, if nothing else, going to make you question your reality, uh, which we are big fans of here. So check out the link in the show notes for all the ways to find her as well as while you're down there, you might as well check out the resource links we got. They're all wonderful. That's why we've got them down there and check those out. Uh, also, while you're down there, check out expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is going to be links to all the socials if you haven't signed up and subscribed on all those yet already as well as all the lives are replayed there we've got the too hot for youtube stuff stuff's way too hot for youtube so we put it up there for y'all since youtube uh doesn't want it over there as well as um merchandise so you guys want to rip the threads we got some really cool designs worked with a few really cool artists on that so go check those out uh, as well as sign up to become an expansive insider that is where all the bonus content is in the form of collaborations bonus episodes there's a lot of extra stuff over there so if you're not there you're definitely missing out and that's the new mission so get on over there so that we can all like i said before move into a greater grander version of ourselves and uh, this is one wonderful community in which to do that so go out into this incredibly beautiful mysterious place whatever the hell this thing is guys and y'all pick up a piece of litter definitely just you know go with what you feel on your uh, pleasantness but pleasantness does not go unnoticed as well as if you have the opportunity Go ahead and empower yourself uh, to change someone else's life by just buying them a coffee or a meal in line around you or something like that. Just something super small, but man, it goes a huge way. You really want to impress someone, walk in front of them and swipe your card for their groceries in line. Uh, It's a crazy cool way of really exchanging value in this place in a way that's super tangible and you can see it and you feel amazing because of it. Just one small little way that you can apprehend the nonsense of this world and really control it and make it what you want. So also while you're out there doing all that stuff, guys, get out of that left-hand lane. That is a huge pain in the ass and an instant way to raise the vibration is just to move on over and let that person pass and then go live your life. Above anything else and beyond all of that, guys, go out into this beautifully mysterious place, whatever the hell this thing is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening, watching, and supporting. I love you all. We'll see you next time.